Okay, hello everyone, welcome to uh, episode whatever of the Everyone's Wrong podcast. I don't know how many we've done now, there's just so many. Um, I don't know, episode 5 probably. Uh, it's been a while, I was in Ireland for a week with Margo, which was very nice. Um, we stayed in a small town called Carlingford, which is, I guess, like a little fishing town. Uh, in, I think it's like the Cooley Peninsula, it's in County Louth. Um, they put County before like the name of the county there so instead of Nassau County it'd be County Nassau which I think makes a lot more sense um I think they do that maybe with like lakes too I'm not sure or mountains we do it with mountains Mount Everest Everest Mountain anyway um so yeah I was there and then I've been doing all this stuff for the last week so I've been a little busy but um something happened today that that kicked me back into uh pay so much attention to politics that it makes your brain hurt mode I've been kind of trying to stay away from it um so there's a few things that I want to talk about today I'll give a table of contents up front I haven't done that before but I'm going to this time we're going to talk about the shooting today today is Tuesday but nope it's Wednesday today is Wednesday June 14th by the way um and we are going to talk about the Alex Jones Megyn Kelly interview that uh they're threatening not to air right now which I'm fairly certain is probably going to wind up airing and then uh, I feel like there was a third thing. You know what? There is no third thing. I, I was looking for something for racist or not racist, but I'm, this shooting has pissed me off so much, and I'm going to get very very worked up about it, I know. And then the Alex Jones thing, and I don't know. I feel like that's just that's all I want to talk about. I don't want to... This whole shooting thing has just got me really work, bent out of shape. Um, so we'll jump right in then. Okay, so this morning, a lone gunman opened fire on the uh, GOP baseball team who were practicing for some kind of charity thing. This is what we pay these people to do, right? Uh, Play baseball on a beautiful, sunny June day. In any case, um, so some lone gunman lunatic with a rifle uh, wounded five Republican congressmen. Um, I, I think it's two or three of them are in critical condition. It's a really, it's a really bad situation. Um, the Republican, the majority whip of the House, uh, Steve Scalise, was there, and uh, because he was there, they had a security detail, because he was, he's a VIP, um, so the, the shooter wound up being killed, so thank God for that. Um, the shooter's name was James Hodgkinson. He was the, the suspect, I guess we can call him now, although it's pretty much set in stone that um, this guy is the guy who did this. He was a volunteer for the Sanders campaign uh, in a number of uh, radical left Facebook groups. Um, he was fervently anti-Trump. He's his like e-signature is on a bunch of petitions to impeach Trump. He's uh, I think one of the Facebook groups he was a member of was called "Terminate All Republicans." So uh, clearly, I-, I think it's a safe bet that this was a politically motivated shooting, although infuriatingly people on the left are saying that it is not um and that this guy is merely a lunatic now i'd like to come up front and say this guy probably is a lunatic and uh he's not really the standard that everyone on the left uh should be judged as i mean you know it's like with islamic terror right the people who who do the bombings are religiously motivated. It is foolish to deny that. It's it's you're being obtuse if you deny that. 
that doesn't mean that they're representative of, of the faith as a whole, right? I know most of my friends are liberals and none of them are out shooting people. It takes a special kind of insane person to shoot someone. Having said that, I think it is important to examine the political context of this, the cultural context of this, and this guy's motivations, because clearly he was a lunatic, right? Because you have to be a certain level of crazy to think it's a good idea to go out with a rifle and hunt people. But at the same time, if he's in all these Facebook groups, if he's such a, he was volunteering for the Sanders campaign, clearly he also is a an adult with all of his facilities. So it's not like this is a schizophrenic guy who got his hand on a gun and just happened to shoot five Republicans. This is a guy who knew what he was doing, who planned to do this, and then did it. And it's only by a sheer luck that he didn't actually kill someone. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to talk about, I wanted to talk about the context of it a little bit. Um, with the preface that none of this vindicates anyone on the right, okay? Like, people in the Republican Party, right-wingers, they've been doing terrible, shitty, violent stuff for a long time. You know, we had, after Obama was elected, all that lynching shit. This happens on both sides. That doesn't mean that it didn't just happen to the right by the left this time. They don't cancel each other out. Both can be wrong. Title of the podcast. Every time, every week, man, this is all I do. It's I sit here and I think, wow, everyone sucks on both sides, and then I get shit on by everyone on both sides for it. So here's what I think about this. Um, I've made all the prefaces I'm going to make. That's it, okay? Uh, there are a multitude of groups out there along the lines of uh, Antifa and BAM, uh, by any means necessary, who have been organizing and promoting violent protests against right-wing speakers on college campuses for the last, like, six months. Probably longer than that, but it's been really popping up in the the, the news over the last six months. Milo wasn't the first. There were a few before him. Um, we talked about Jordan Peterson uh, on the last episode I did. Gavin McInnes, uh I mean, there's a ton. There's a ton of people who just can't speak. On college campuses, and and there are groups like like Antifa and and BAM who openly promote violence, and that's what we know who Antifa is. If you're listening to this, you probably you have to know. Um, BAM is is a, an activist group by any means necessary. Um, the founder of it, I forget her name, is a terrible person, and she assaults people at protests on a regular basis. And the entire group, I mean, it's called by any means necessary. The The thesis of this is that it is okay to silence people and to use violence to silence people because any, you can, by any means necessary to silence these people. You, you know, these people are so dangerous that it is okay to use violence to silence them. It's, it's this kind of dangerous equivalence that people on the left have made where they will say that right-wing ideas, right-wing speech is violent. It is by nature violent, and it's okay to fight violence with violence. That's a dangerous, slippery slope. Now, he, here is the unfortunate kind of uh, proof that, that we've gotten into, the, 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 the logical narrative that has led to this happening. It starts with, uh, it's okay to, to punch Nazis, right? It's okay to use violence against certain people who are so morally bereft and deplorable that them speaking is by nature violent. It's okay to use violence against these people, right? And it starts with something innocent and funny, like sucker punching Richard Spencer. And I guess it ends with uh, maybe people getting killed, right? Because 
what you have is we start with it's okay to use violence against Nazis, right? And then all we need to do is kind of take that a little bit further and say um, any violence against a Nazi, not just punching a Nazi, is okay because a Nazi's speech is violence. Um, And then all you have to do is kind of broaden your definition of what a Nazi is a little bit to to mean anyone with any kind of right-wing views, and then it's a small step from it's okay to use violence against Nazis to it's okay to show up at a baseball practice with a rifle and pick off co- Republican congressmen. It's a, it's a really easy narrative to follow. It, it logically follows. And, and that's what I've been saying for a long time and what has bothered me so much about these protests where people are justifying violence and where people on the left aren't willing to step forward and condemn it. Because it leads to this kind of situation where eventually you have someone trying to take out politicians. And this is crazy for America. I'm so bothered by this. And not because they're Republicans or Democrats. It's just, I mean, this is, this, people are going to say, oh, it was a fucking mentally, it was a mentally ill guy, you know, whatever. This was a politically motivated assassination attempt. That's what it was. This is a guy who was in a Facebook group called Terminate All Republicans, who was a volunteer for the Sanders campaign, who went out and tried to terminate some Republicans with his rifle in broad daylight, in public, and who was fortunately shot and killed. I wish he weren't shot and killed. I wish he were just shot so that we could maybe, like, get into this guy's brain a little bit. But unfortunately, he he was killed. But at, at least he didn't kill anyone, right? Uh... So yeah, the the root of this justification is uh, of this justification of violence is this ridiculous false equivalence of of words being violent and certain words being I guess more violent than others. So because right-wing ideas are harmful and violent, it's okay to combat them with violence. It's it's a dangerous and slippery slope to be on. And you kind of see this as well when um you talk about this healthcare bill, right? There's going to be a lot of people who lose their insurance, but the rhetoric that the left chooses to go with is is people are going to be dying in the streets. The Republicans are killing people with this bill, you know? They're violent. They're killing people. They're killing people. They're killing people. And I understand that, like, you know, Maxine Waters and Nancy Pelosi have never told anyone to go out and kill someone, but they are partially responsible for this by virtue of the rhetoric that they use surrounding these Republican ideals. Because no Republican is killing anyone. They're just not. They're not doing it. These Republican politicians may be wrong in so many ways. And this Trump Care 2.0 may be terrible in so many ways. And it is. And it's probably going to fuck a lot of people over. A lot of people have already been fucked over by Obamacare. Our whole healthcare system's fucked. They're not trying to hurt or kill anyone. But when you use rhetoric like they are, you know, they have the blood of all these people on their hands. There's going to be people dying in the streets. It isn't an unfair assumption to, to say that there's going to be some fringe lunatic out there who takes that literally and decides to take things into his own hands. I also wanted to address for like definitely the, you know, 30th time, um, the whole calling people a Nazi thing is just so ridiculous and overblown. The Nazis killed like 12 million people. We're not doing that. Republicans aren't doing that. Democrats aren't doing that. 
Um, and then, you, I mean, if we really want to get technical, right, the the Nationalist Socialist Workers Party of Germany, the Nazis, right? What 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 were they all about? Uh, gun control, government regulation, government spying and surveillance of citizens, social engineering, controlling of the lexicon to to push political views and agendas. Does that sound familiar? If you look at the Nazi party, all of you leftists, leftists who are so eager to call everyone who disagrees with you a Nazi, if you look at the Nazi party, I think that you will find that they line up a lot more with your views than they do with the uh, individualism that you see on the right, for better or for worse. So given the actions of groups like BAM and Antifa, given the actions of all of these, you know, students on these campuses who are being violent. I mean, I don't know if you guys followed what happened at, uh, I think, Evergreen, Evergreen College, Evergreen University in Washington State. Um, I, this was a ridiculous situation. I'm not going to get too far into it because then I'll, I will pop a blood vessel in my head. But um, for years, this college has had a day where uh, students of color stayed home or maybe faculty of color, too. Uh, and it was it was kind of similar to the the day without women thing that we saw a couple months ago here. Um, and so this is something that that college does to kind of honor its students of color and to recognize the important part that they play in the community of the college, which is fine. You know, whether it's productive or not is a separate argument. Whether it's, you know, nonsense or not is a separate argument. It is a completely harmless, harmless practice. And it is if this is something that the students have organized and they want to do and campus faculty have helped them organize it, and then that's fine. They can do that, right? This year, they decided that that wasn't enough, and uh, they decided it wasn't going to be a day without people of color voluntarily staying home. It was going to be a day in which white people, students and staff, were forced to stay home. Um, so one white professor, a white professor who, by the way, helped to organize the uh, people of color staying home, in years prior. So this is someone who politically, I mean, this guy's a professor at a, at a small liberal arts college in Washington state, okay, who has helped them organize these events. So this guy, he aligns with their views. He is a progressive guy, I'm sure, in as many ways as they want him to be, except for the fact that he did not think that forcing white people to stay home on a certain day was quite the same thing as people of color voluntarily staying home. He thought that that was crossing a line. So he went to work. And the response from the students was absurd. They were going, stopping cars on the street, looking for this guy. He had to teach his, his class from a public park for, like, weeks afterwards because it was dangerous for him to be on campus. You had students, like, staking out the library and f refusing to leave. They were looking for this guy so that they could hurt him. The police advised that this dude not return to campus. He couldn't go there because he was going to get hurt. So we have stuff like this happening. We have groups like BAM uh, assaulting protesters at, at peaceful protests. You have uh, Antifa throwing garbage cans through windows and setting things on fire every time anyone who is not incredibly progressive, in air quotes right now, because that isn't progressivism, whatever they want, uh, tries to speak on a college campus. Now, at the same time, you've got, um, I mean, all of these violent images coming 
from the left. You've got Kathy Griffin with her bloody severed head. You have this Julius Caesar play, which uh, depicts a stand-in for Trump being violently stabbed to death while people stand and clap and applaud. There is an argument to be made that the left is not outright promoting violence, but it's a frail one. And there's certainly no argument to be made that they're doing anything to dissuade people from going down this road. There just isn't, okay? You can you can stand there and wag your finger all you want, but actions really speak louder than words in this case. And when you have all of this stuff going on and it's not really being condemned, it's being kind of tacitly, you know, frowned upon by, by all of these people, we need people to come right out front and say that this is wrong. It needs to be discouraged because it is dangerous. And this isn't going to be the end of it. I don't think this guy is the craziest guy out there with a gun. I don't. There are crazier people out there with guns who are probably in all the same Facebook groups. And it's good we killed this guy, honestly, to make an impression, right? This is probably too dangerous. This this will probably dissuade a few people who have got ideas like this from, from going forward with them. But but there is a, a growing sentiment among the, the radical left wing that violence is the only way that they're going to solve their political differences with their countrymen. And, and that is not good, and it leads to things like this happening. Um, now, along the lines of, of people uh, condemning it, Bernie Sanders actually had a really good uh, statement about it. He completely, you know, very openly and very clearly said that this was wrong and that all violence is wrong. And and this is what we need. We need more of that. And, um, you know, I, I was a big Sanders supporter during the primary, um, which is kind of what drove me to libertarianism, because... Uh, he was like kind of the first guy who got me very invested in politics. And after seeing what went down with the whole primary and the way that the media treated him and the way that the DNC treated him, it kind of helped me to realize that everything was bullshit. Um, I still am a big fan of Bernie Sanders, not so much policy wise, but I believe that he's an honest guy. And, um, economically illiterate as he may be, I mean, he's gotten in hot water for, for, uh, speaking too truthfully about identity politics. So clearly he's not a guy who's want, who, 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 you know, will mince too many words. And so, of course, of course, Bernie Sanders would come out and openly condemn this. We need to see that from more leadership in the Democratic Party. I think part of the problem might be that there is no leadership in the Democratic Party. They have rabid Maxime Waters, who is just a completely unhinged lunatic, and senile Nancy Pelosi, who's a completely unhinged, senile old person. I'm sorry if that's ageist, but they need someone. They, I mean, regardless, they they need to to be more upfront in condemning things like this. And I hope that the shooting. I really do hope because I I feel like once it's you know their their coworkers that are being shot at now. Once once the stakes become real, I think that a lot of these uh, politicians are gonna take this cultural divide that we have a lot more seriously and maybe take more steps to make sure that it doesn't continue down the path that it does. I, I am hopeful, but it, it is necessary. Otherwise, this is going to happen again, because like I said, this guy was not the craziest person. He wasn't. There are more crazy people than him. Um, and then I just want to kind of get uh, in ahead of what I'm sure is going to be an argument that we see made a lot lately. I'm sure there's going to be memes about it. Uh, you know, Republicans are so stupid that they can't even... Uh, get behind gun control when it's them that's being shot, you know, things like that. 
Okay, so this was in uh, Virginia. So conceivably, this guy could have legally um, been carrying this weapon, I think. Probably not this weapon, though, because it was a rifle. Um, at least he couldn't have been open carrying it. In any case, I'd be interested to see whether he obtained it legally or not. Regardless, um, the only reason, and I think Rand Paul um, said this on Joe Scarborough's circus of a show today, uh, the only reason that they survived this is because there was a security detail there with guns to fire back. Otherwise, it would have just been a complete free-for-all. This guy would have just massacred everyone he could have gotten his hands on. Um, now, that doesn't invalidate the argument that if there were no guns, he wouldn't have been able to shoot them. But unfortunately, there are. And making them illegal won't really make them go away. It's kind of fascinating to me that, that people on the left can make this very clear and cogent argument when it comes to abortion, which I agree with, by the way, that if you make abortion illegal, all it's going to do is is make people go resort to shady means to get abortions. People are going to get them if they want to get them, but they can't see that that argument would apply to guns as well. We already have a gun industry in America. It exists. There's no taking it away. And by making them illegal, all you do is make it impossible for people, law-abiding citizens, to get them. Because the criminals are going to be able to get them. They are. I mean, it's like heroin's illegal, right? But we still have got so many people dying from overdose every day. And a lot of them are dying, by the way, from overdose of heroin after getting legally hooked to, opi to, to opiates through Vicodin and... <sighs> I don't even want to get into that. Anyway, um, I just I think that the, the gun control argument that's going to come out of this is nothing more than political opportunism, and it is disgusting. So please save it. I've got no words for anyone who wants to make that argument to me. If guns did not exist, this wouldn't have happened. But they do. This is the world that we live in. And if guns didn't exist in the hands of the uh, security detail that was following Scalise a lot more people might be dead, and Rand Paul might be among them, and that would be a fucking tragedy. Jesus Christ. I thought this at work today, because I, I was at work when I was reading about all of this, and I was getting very um, worked up at work, and uh, when I saw uh, Rand's statements, I was just, oh, Jesus Christ, Rand Paul was there. Imagine, I, I would have had to leave work. I would have been so upset if Rand Paul were, were shot and killed while at any point dude we can't be having people going and shooting our congressmen i i don't think it should be as cushy of a job as it is but that doesn't mean we should be shooting at these people to make it better okay jesus fucking christ and and i i've been catching flack on facebook a little bit from my hyperpartisan democratic kool-aid drinking friends the kind of people that if you cut them they bleed sugary blue democratic kool-aid these kinds of people who think that it's a stupid argument it's a stupid argument to say that this was politically motivated or had any Anything to do with with the current political climate in our country this is a guy who was in a facebook group called terminate all republicans who went out and tried to terminate a bunch of republicans are you fucking kidding me that's a stupid argument if that's a stupid argument i don't want to be smart fuck this jesus Okay, so the next thing I wanted to talk about today, uh, Alex Jones, the thought criminal Alex Jones, uh, for whatever reason, decided to do an interview with, um, shit, what does he call her? The fembot, Megyn Kelly, of now of MSNBC, formerly of 
Fox News. Now, I had a little bit of an evolution of, of thought about this, so I'm going to kind of take you guys through it. I don't know where I stand on this, even as of now. Um, but as far as whether the interview should be aired or not. So, Megyn Kelly decided to interview um, thought criminal Alex Jones. He agreed to do this interview. She released on Monday a little uh, teaser of the interview, a minute-long teaser of her interview with Alex Jones, and everyone lost it. I mean, she um, was the the like host of this Sandy Hook kind of charity situation. They pulled that. Uh, a bunch of advertisers are saying that they're going to pull their ads. People are really freaking out about it. And this seems incredibly p- problematic to me. Um, not only because, obviously, this is going to be a hit piece on Alex Jones, but because it kind of reflects this same mindset that has been so problematic lately. Um, that is, uh, if we don't agree with someone, we don't need to listen to them. We don't need to listen to them speak. Now, my mentality is, if someone's views are so abhorrent... Let them speak. Let them speak loudly. That's how selection works. You know, we need to see the bad things and see the good things so we can decide what the good things are. When you put your fingers in your ears and cover your eyes or whatever, that's when you stop progressing. That's when you stop growing. So if Alex Jones and everyone, if Milo Yiannopoulos, all these people are so terrible, let's give them as big a platform as possible. Because if they're making these these points that are so ridiculous, then all they're going to do is shoot themselves in the foot. And the more publicly they do that, the better for us, right? So Megyn Kelly, when you think about it, I mean, she's, she's bringing this guy on her show. She's giving him an interview. And she's asking him all the questions people want to ask him. I mean, we see this, the, this preview. She obviously doesn't go easy on the guy. And it would be career suicide if she did go easy on the guy. This is obviously going to be a hit piece. So my initial reaction to this is that it is absolutely fucked that all these advertiser, or advertisers are trying to stop Megyn Kelly from actually doing something a journalist would do, which just never happens these days, you know, because journalism is just an, an entertainment forum now, you know, but she's she's actually trying to do it. She's going to get Alex Jones on there and, and she's going to have a conversation with him. We're going to see instead of having these manufactured, you know, suits have fake debates that are completely staged and scripted in front of us, like we see on both Fox News and CNN, just different forms of the same thing, the same terrible thing. She wants to have an actual dissenting opinion on there and let the guy speak. That is the job of a journalist, isn't it? Sit him down, ask him the tough questions, right? That's the job of a journalist. So I'm just, I'm just like, I'm so discouraged that everyone wants to pull these ads because it's just like, it's the news, man. It's not supposed to be some kind of fun, you know, circle jerk of, of your opinion being reinforced over and over again. It's supposed to be a little unpleasant. It's about the world, man. It's like therapy. You don't go to therapy so that your therapist can agree with you and rub your shoulders and tell you you're right all the time. And if that's your therapy, you you should go get a new therapist. Now, I'm not saying it's a therapist's job to, to cram new shit down your throat, but they should be encouraging you to, to, to go down new channels of thought. That's their job. Same thing with the media, man. If you're watching the news to get uh, your confirmation bias fixed for the day, then what are you really watching it for? And and every, everything is just so hyper-partisan these days that it doesn't really matter. Independent media is the only place that you can go, and even then, it's a 50-50 split. Probably less. 
we're on like the the negative twenty percent in, of independent media is 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 defies this formula. Everything's just a giant echo chamber. So good for Megyn Kelly. As much of a hit piece as I'm sure this is, good for her for getting a controversial figure on to actually give a controversial opinion. And shame on these advertisers, man. Shame on them. Now, uh, my second thought about this, my like second you know wave of of evolved thought on this is that um, this might not be a good thing. So I I watched uh, Alex Jones's response to the Megyn Kelly thing. Yeah, I watch Alex Jones videos periodically. Not the end of the world, guys. Doesn't make me a Nazi. I'm sorry. It doesn't. I'm not going to plug my fingers in my ears. Alex Jones is a nut job. And he believes a lot of really crazy stuff. But he also puts out a lot of things that you just won't get anywhere else that are true. So maybe he's right like 20% of the time. 25% of the time, but when he's right, he hits on shit that no one else will talk about. No one will talk about. I'm not going to get into, I'm not going to actually, I'm not even going to get into these individual things, because I know that considering the mood of a lot of people that I know, that might just be a, a, a turn this off crossing of the line. So we won't get into it, but like, I'm just saying, I, in any case, I'm I'm not apologizing. My point is I'm not apologizing for watching uh, an Alex Jones video every once in a while. Um, so I wanted to see his response to the, the Megyn Kelly interview, where he was coming from about it. Um, so I, I, I watched his, his response video. And uh, what he says is that, first of all, he was promised that they would not talk about Sandy Hook. This seems pretty obvious. I actually didn't know about this whole Sandy Hook controversy, but I did look into it. Um, after I watched the Alex Jones video, he, in this video that I watched, says like 15 times that he does not believe that Sandy Hook was faked or that it was a conspiracy theory. He also apologized for any of the hurt that he has caused people, right? And he linked to another video, which I went to, in which, which was, uh, a few years ago, where he also says that, right? In this preview by Megyn Kelly, it explicitly says that he thinks that the Sandy Hook shooting was fake. And then there's like a cut up clip of his responding to that in which he seems to waffle a little bit. And he says that that was edited. He was promised they wouldn't ask about Sandy Hook. And that he said 10 times during the interview that he doesn't think it was fake. So yes, what Alex Jones did about it, because I did go back and look at his whole Sandy Hook thing, he did like investigate it for a little bit. Pretty bad taste, in pretty bad taste, for sure. But that's what this guy does. He goes down into the mud and looks at all of all of the shitty conspiracy theories. And like I said, he's wrong 70% of the time. I think he knows he's wrong 70% of the time. But every once in a while, he stumbles across a truth nugget. Now, in this case, he was not only wrong, but offensively and tastefully wrong. But he's admitted to that. So why is the mainstream news media, and, and alternative news media, actually, because I was listening to Shapiro, and that was pretty much the only... Um, point that he could tether Alex Jones to was Alex Jones, the guy who thinks that Sandy Hook was faked. If the guy's gone out there and said he doesn't think it was faked, and they're still saying that it was faked, I mean, what's he supposed to do at this point, you know? In any case, that's kind of beside the point. Um, He has this interesting theory that uh, they wanted to get Alex Jones to come on the show, do the interview with him, stage this whole oh we're not going to show it we're not going to show it we're pulling all these advertisers and stuff like that and then wind up playing it anyway because obviously 
making something forbidden, taking it off the table, saying you can't watch it is just going to make people want to watch it. And that makes a lot of sense to me. And it kind of makes me think maybe, fuck it, let's not air the the, the interview then. Because we all know it's going to be a hit piece. I mean, if you hate Alex Jones, like so many people in America, I guess you won't mind that. It gets back to that echo chamber point. But um, we, we all know that it's, it's, it isn't going to be very favorable to Alex Jones. It's, it's doubtful that we really break any new ground there. Um, but it does make a lot of sense that uh, MSNBC, in an attempt to continue to rebrand Megyn Kelly and make her palatable for their audience, would want to pull a publicity stunt like this. So I'm kind of torn between, like, uh, it's a journalist's job to make you a little bit uncomfortable and to, like, kind of go after those those you know controversial things and address them and put them out in the open and uh fuck msnbc let's not let them play their bullshitty games i'm not watching this fucking thing so it's a hard it's a it's a hard choice to make for me personally i both contrarians and me are are just eating each other right now trying to figure out what i should think about it so i hope it does come out uh when i saw the the hype surrounding this, I thought to myself, because I know Megyn Kelly actually personally has done this, but a lot of news channels have done this. Um, When they do talk about Alex Jones, they like to, you know, kind of cut up his, they like to clip his his, uh, show so that it sounds like he's crazier than he is. I know, right? What a feat. Um, And so when I saw that this was happening, I was like, like, I really hope he recorded this first thing the guy says on his thing he's like uh by the way I, I have the whole thing recorded the whole thing i don't have fancy technology i just have my phone on i was recording it they know i was recording it too so i have it so he has it good job alex jones man smart he's not an idiot say what you want about the guy he's not an idiot so he he recorded it as well so i feel like even if i, I don't know how like proprietary stuff like that works um but maybe if it doesn't get aired we'll see it anyway which would be nice um yeah, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know if I want them to air it or not. I do know that if they do air it, probably a publicity stunt, definitely a heavily edited hit piece. Um, I know none of you guys are going to go watch Alex Jones's rebuttal to it, but if any of you want to kill 40 minutes and uh, just see something you maybe haven't seen before, it's not the craziest episode of InfoWars, so maybe go give that a shot. Okay, so yeah, like I said earlier, we're going to forego racist or not racist this week. I just, uh, the the whole, this is all very uh, kind of frustrating for me, especially this whole shooting thing is very concerning, and I'm a little bit, uh, I'm like, I'm, I'm a little irate about it. I'm more, I'm regularly, I'm just irate. I'm not very irate, I'm just irate about it. Um, and it's kind of, I just... I don't want to even engage. I kind of feel like just taking a step back and letting it chill. Because you know what? I was letting things simmer while I was in Ireland. And all I missed was, uh, I mean, the one time I got a little bit of service, I, like, updated my phone. And it was um, a Washington Post article that was like, uh, Donald Trump is condemning the world to darkness by pulling out of the Paris Accord. And then a bunch of Kathy Griffin shit. And it was just lovely to know that I missed all that, you know? So, fuck racist or not racist this week. We will come back with a bigger, better than ever before racist or not racist, I'm sure, because it's only a matter of time, and we do have fidget spinners, milk, and, uh, what was the, what was the other thing? 
and parks right now on our list of racist inanimate things. I'm sure we'll have more things to add to that in no time. In the meantime, thank you very much for listening to this. Um, don't judge me for watching InfoWars every now and then, and I won't judge you for thinking CNN is a viable news source. Okay? Have a great day, guys. Thank you.